excuses for us to stay in the land. But as we look forward and, and to our own lives, as we look forward in, in, into the future and, and to Scripture, as we seek to do only your will, give us the strength to do that. Even when it is different from what we for getting us here to this day, to the day of the groundbreaking, to the day where dreams that have advanced in our minds and prayers for 75 years begin to become a reality. Lord, be with each person here as they lift up their prayers to you. And as we think of those whom you are calling us to pray for, hear those names as we pray them out. now, Lord, as we pray the prayer that you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory John 10, 7, 8, and 9 are words of Jesus that, that I want to talk about today. He says, so Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And will go in and out and find pasture. And I ask that the Lord will, will speak to us through his holy word this day. Thank you, God, for your holy word. And I ask that this witness to your word will be faithful. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today is truly a day of celebration. The start of a new era. groundbreaking ceremony marks our decision to move forward in ministry and mission for Jesus Christ. However, we need to clearly understand and know what our ministry and mission is. One of my continued prayers in the over eight years that I've been with you is that God would direct us to do only His plan, not ours. And through that prayer, it is clear to me that the ministry focus of Christ Church always needs to be on reaching out, an outward focus. We are called to reach new people for Christ, and even as we are having this groundbreaking 
for the family lifetime. We need to understand that we're doing that for for people who aren't here yet, to reach new people for Christ. Now, hopefully you noticed as you came in, there were crosses that were around us to surrender. Did anybody count those crosses? Does anybody know how many there are? There's 50 out there. Is that what you were going to guess? 50? All right. Why 50? Well, it's kind of neat. Because 50 years ago, Christ United Methodist Church became that. Before then, it was it was right here was the Christ Evangelical United Brethren Church. And then there was First Methodist Church down the hill. And in 1968, the two churches merged to become Christ United Methodist Church. And there was quite a ceremony of, of actually walking from the old building up to this new building. And it will be an opportunity in our 50th year to have a major expansion, a major jump in numbers as we can reach now more and more people for Christ. Isn't God neat? It wasn't the 49th year. It wasn't the 56th. It was in the 50th year that this thing becomes a reality. Praise the Lord. the Old Testament, the 50th year was called the year of Jubilee, and, and great, great things happen in that year. So we are proclaiming the, our, the, the Jubilee year here uh, this year. And on September 30th, which will, will be a time that we actually end the, the capital campaign, it will be a time that we celebrate our 50th anniversary of Christ United Methodist Church. And also, um, we are, uh, I, I just want to ask, is anybody here that can remember how to make chicken nuggets? Oh, we, we're totally striking out. We have, a, we have a, a people from the other circle. Um, so this, this, is, this, is pretty, this is pretty awesome. You get to be a part of something that, that is, uh, ties the years together here. Now, tonight, we're going to have the groundbreaking, and everybody will get a chance to bring, bring some dirt. And uh, we have, we've invited different people. We, we in, invited the mayor, who could not make it. So, uh, Mayor Pro Tem, one of the aldermen by the name of Gary Omblade, will be here. And Chris Van Spybrock, who is the president of the Rotary Club, he will be here. Uh, this, is, this is exciting. I, I don't know if you realize this, but the Rotary Club meets here every Thursday at noon. And they have been meeting uh, and served by the United Methodist Union. Anybody want to take a guess of how many? 50. I hear 50. Anybody go higher? You hear that? 74 years, getting close to 75 years of continuous serving of the Rotary. Isn't that awesome? They, uh, so, so we'll have representatives from, from Rotary here. Dennis Kelly from uh, Kelly Associates, the architect, will be here. We have a special speaker who is among us right now. I'm not going to tell you who it is, but 
People who will be coming, uh, I just I just received word this morning by text that our district superintendent, who wanted to come, cannot come. Uh, he's making this ex- excuse that he has to throw it in spinning bugs for three days straight. I don't know why he says he can't come, but he he, uh, he won't be able to make it. Um, does anybody know when 50 years ago when the church churches became united, who the first pastor? Others, others who are going to be here, you, you may not know him, but when he was a young man, Keith Anderson, Keith Anderson's no longer young, but uh, when he was when he was uh, a young man, he came to Christ down at First Methodist Church back in November of, two, of, of six, 1967, and then uh, his first appointment was to Christ United Methodist Church. Some of you may remember Dave Volkermeyer. Dave is physically not doing very well, but he will be here. His daughter, Lori, is going to bring him and be here. And I know many of you would be very excited to, to, uh, uh, to see him again. There was another pastor who accepted Christ here at Christ Church and now serves a church here in Star City from Silver Star Faith Walk Church, Pastor Scott Keller. And uh, he's, uh, we, we claim him as one of our own, and he and his family are going to be here tonight. And uh, uh, we have a new venture. I don't know if you know about this, but we have a French-speaking church that meets in our building at 1.30 on, on Sunday afternoons. And they are uh, a, a great group. They, they, play, they, they sing the sound system up high, and it's loud, and we're proud. And it's, it's uh, all in French. How many speak French? You know, I, I don't either. That means we can't reach those people. But the cool thing about this is this is a church where we're praying about this, and they could very well become part of Christ United Methodist Church. And so um, we are in that process of moving forward, of having uh, uh, another church adoption where we're going to be able to reach people that we, we can't, even, can't even reach uh, right now. So that, that's exciting. Nishimada. Monta, Monta is his name, and he and his family will be here. Now, some who will not be here are pastors who has the record, and it will probably always have a record, of being the shortest appointed pastor ever in the history of Christ Church. Uh, does anybody know who that is? Gerald Oroan. Remember Gerald? Gerald was here for one month, was appointed one month, then got called up to a church in, in Chicago. Uh, he's doing well. He sends his greetings. Um, our second shortest tenured pastor. Anybody know who that is? He was with us for eight months. Terry Goodwin. Terry uh, received an appointment to Illinois City and Pine Bluff on July 1. Now, for some reason, she feels that since he's only been there about eight days, that she has to be there for a service tonight. Can you imagine that? I don't see why, but no, she, she takes it very serious, and she sends greetings. She says, I'm very sorry that, that I cannot be in attendance for the groundbreaking. I was so blessed to be part of, a congr- of the congregation as I witnessed Christ Church put fears aside and move forward in faith. 
Our God is a great big God, and I know He is blessing this in ways that we cannot even imagine. I'm excited. This facility will open up so many more opportunities to fulfill our mission to make disciples for Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. To God be the glory. Thanksgiving. Pastor. That's um, that's pretty exciting. Now, some of you uh, remember that that before Joy and I came to be part of Christ Church, we had some other other uh, pastors. Alice Farley was the lead pastor, and she's been pretty busy. She won't be able to make it. She's retired, and she lives up in Dubuque now. She writes, it's so exciting to hear that the long-held dream is becoming a reality. I am confident that the new Family Life Center will be used by the faithful of Christ United Methodist Church to plant seeds of, of Christ's love, peace, and hope in East Moline and, and far beyond. May the leadership of, of Jesus Christ and the strength of Christ's Holy Spirit enable you to include neighbors and strangers longing for comfort, rest, and protection among the branches of, the, of God's kingdom, which you are. Now, some of you remember that before uh, Alice Farley, there was a couple here by name Patty Johansson and Mike Crawley. And I am in contact with Mike at least uh, once a month. We work, uh, he still works closely with Christ Church through its congregational development work, and he, he writes this, congratulations on this next step in your powerful witness for Christ Jesus in the Quad Cities. You have been an amazing outpost of God's love in East Moline and the wider area. I know that you, that, that you have dreamed for this for many years. It is exciting to see um, it coming to fruition. May God be with you as you step out in faith. May you see tremendous fruit as a result of your faithfulness. There's Mike Crawley. Now, um, we had a pastor here by the name of Keith Zimmerman. Do you remember Keith? Do you remember a district superintendent who also served at the Riverside Church by the name of Dan Griffith? Dan was actually responsible for Joy and I's contact when I was a district superintendent many years ago. Did you know that the two were married? Yeah, when when uh, uh, Keith was here, his his wife Bobby, uh, obviously was his wife, but uh, she passed away a few years ago, and uh, Keith and and Jan are now married, and they send their greetings. From Keith, he writes, "I I regard my time now, and this is this is wonderful. He had a, a, a he's now in retirement, still doing some ministry, but he's in retirement." And all the wonderful things in ministry he did, he, he writes these words. I regard my time of serving as pastor at Christ UMC East Moline as among the most rewarding of my pastoral ministry. We had conversation even then, dreaming about ways in which Christ might grow us in faith and in service, in numbers and in facilities to support our disciple up, discipleship efforts. It excites me to no end that you are venturing down this path. How wonderful to see these dreams evolve into reality. And Jan remembers the years that we walked together when, she says, when I, when I served as your district superintendent, provided rich opportunities for all of us to experience the amazing ways that God is ever at work in the midst 
of the ups and downs of our spiritual journey. To witness the ongoing faithfulness of God and the persistent vision of this congregation and its leaders has been a true blessing. And let me say this. We both look forward to watching as the building takes shape and, and, and the celebration as it opens for ministry. We offer our prayers and will add our financial support. Wow. This is an important step you are taking and year in, okay? That's Keith and Jim. Pastor Terry Clark was our district superintendent for years. She has retired and lives up in the Aurora, Illinois area. And she uh, congratulates us. She says, praise God from whom all blessings flow. I join with you in this high moment in life of the congregation to celebrate this milestone you have achieved. She goes on to say, I thank God that I have been blessed to join you as district superintendent for a brief period in your congregational journey. May God continue to fill you with grace to worship and with passion to reach out and, and serve others as Christ's disciples. I encourage you to keep Jesus' promise always before you. What, I, what is impossible for mortals is possible for God. With Christ, dreams do become a reality. This is down in Aurora, Terry Clark. You know, as I read these letters and these, these outpourings, it's almost like reading the New Testament letters that Paul wrote and others wrote in terms of their affirmation and encouragement to us. I mean, does anybody remember Dave Gaffney? It's probably okay that you don't because he was crazy. <laughs> Dave, Dave was... Uh, uh, I believe he was an associate here. He's a, he's a good, uh, he's a good friend. He's great, funny guy to be around. And uh, he writes this. He says, "How exciting for the faithful members of Christ UMC. Barbara and I send greetings and good wishes for uh, this new adventure. May God continue to bless the ministry of Christ UMC. We are sorry we cannot join you for the festivities. Grace, peace, and love to all. David and Barbara Gaffney." Some of you may remember Bob Lowry. Bob is now at uh, Washington uh, ser serving on staff at the church there, and uh, he sends his greetings as well. So uh, it is exciting to, to see that there are people who are cheering for us, who have been a part of us in the past, and uh, we praise God for their, their uh, leadership to have gotten us to this point. Now, we're going to be looking at some series that lead us to the end of the year uh, that are kind of crafted for what we're going through as a, as, as a congregation with the building and with what is significant and important. And it has to start with prayer. And also, it has to, when we look at what, what God calls us through prayer, it is truly to reach others for Jesus Christ. So we are starting a, a series here this month uh, for this month called Open Doors. And that's why you see these doors. Now you're probably wondering, how do they get all those doors and where do they come from? I just want you to know God is good. And all the time, I know we have, we'll have this, this series coming up called Open Doors. I'm riding my bicycle. And in my neighborhood, I ride by a house, and there's a bunch of doors. 
just sitting out there to be taken away. And I go and knock on the door. And I say, I'll knock the door gently out there, but the door won't open. And, and I say, hey, uh, can I have those doors? And my neighbor says, yeah, we'll just go throw them away. What are you going to do with them? I said, I have no idea. <laughs> but we have this service at the, at the or we have this church that's just called Open Doors, and I think we can use them. So I loaded up these doors, and, and we decided that we would emphasize what each scripture passage would read each week. And, and obviously, you see that this one is I am the door, as Jesus Christ makes that significant statement. Now, we've all seen signs on doors, haven't we? All different kinds of signs. One that, that I thought, you, you, you see no soliciting signs, right? Uh, one recently that uh, I became aware of, uh, it's kind of clever. It said, warning, no soliciting. Creepy giant spiders will be unleashed on you. What a solicit there. One had a permanent door sign, like permanent. And it reads, go away, I have a headache. How about this one? The doorbell is broke, so please knock or yell ding dong really loud. <laughs> or how about this one? If you are knocking and no one is answering the door, but you see our car in the garage and the TV is on, take a hint. <laughs> now, one, one of them comes from, from the church. Yeah, I don't know, did, did we get that, Brian? One comes, uh, well, look, at, look at this one. Uh, there we go. That one, uh, that one came from the uh, in our church somewhere. It says, stop, you're now entering a nut-free zone. Please do not bring nuts into this area. Now, I know this church, <laughs> and I know that sign is wrong. We got a lot of nuts in this church. And then Brian came up with this one. How many have been there, done that? School for the, for the gifted, trying to push the door open when it's so full. Yeah, I, I got to admit, I've, I've done that. Well, there, you know, there are signs, but Jesus said, I am the door. And what did Jesus mean by that statement? I am the door. Well, you know, as I thought about that, I thought of a something that happened to me back when Joy and I were dating. See, I was the pastor at uh, Bowen United Methodist Church in Illinois, and she was the youth director over at Virginia, Illinois, at the United Methodist Church. And, uh, you know, obviously, uh, we had just started dating, and, and you know, just I, I, I was very, very happy to be dating this sweet, beautiful young thing, and uh, knew she worked at the church, but uh, uh, she gives me a call. She said, Roger, I have a camping trip scheduled for our youth, and it's coming up here in just a couple of days, and the male counselor that I had that was going to go can't go and I'm without a male counselor and I've got five boys that are kind of rambunctious and I need someone to be in the tent with them and 
I was thinking to myself, I would rather kill my wife now as to go somewhere and try to write her and some kids who who don't know me and I have no authority over them. But but you gotta remember who is asking. This is my new girlfriend and I you know, I wanted to, to please her, so I said well, sure, Joy, I will do that. And we, we, you know, as I looked at the calendar, I couldn't get there until after dark, so it was kind of late anyway when I showed up. And and to make matters worse, after I got there and everything settled down and found out which tent we're supposed to to, to uh, be in, one of the one of the high school girls said to me like this. She says, "You need to know that the boys." Oh, great. What am I going to do? So I waited until they all got in the tent. It was a big tent. You could stand up in it, and they they were all over the place on the tent. And I decided to roll out my sleeping bag right in front of the tent door, the tent tent. So anyone that would get into the tent would have to go through me or over me, and anyone who, who wanted to get out of the tent would have to go over me as well. So I, I, I figured their plan was to wait until I was, was asleep. Everything got quiet. Everybody got settled in. And, of course, I was diligently staying awake because I knew the breakout was going to happen soon. And pretty soon I could hear the thunder. And they all got up, or, or the four of the five got up and got out of their sleeping bags and started creeping to where I was. Almost got to where I was going, and I said, "I don't think so, guys." And kind of, kind of scared them, and they didn't go back to their beds or their, 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 their sleeping bags. Instead, they thought that was real funny and started attacking me, <laughs> still trying to get out of the the uh, um, the tent. And I'm in my sleeping bag, and they're they're standing up, beating the tar out of me and yelling, and all of a sudden from outside of the tent I hear this voice, vaguely familiar, but never in that tone before. I hear this voice that must have been a girlfriend who said, lay down and be quiet. (laughs) I have never seen four guys hit the floor so fast in my life. To be honest, if I was standing up, I would have hit the floor. (laughs) The funny thing is that that voice came from this sweet, little, innocent girl that I had been dating, Joy. And she, I I learned something new about Joy that day. Number one, she she can see through walls. How did she know those kids were standing up? And, And number two, she can speak with authority. Now, I tell you that story because what I tried to do was to be the door. And what joy was in those kids learning was a voice that they recognized and a voice that they heard. And after she said that, she read the riot act to them and basically said, I don't expect to hear one sound out of any of you until morning. And guess what? 
There was no sound out of any of them until morning. I mean, she had them convinced that their life was in her hands. And and they 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 were great the rest of the night. Now Jesus says, I am the door. I think it has to do with those two things about him literally being the door in which you can go in and out. And also a voice of authority. Now just quickly, I want to point out that this is one of seven I am statements in the, in, the, in the Gospel of Matthew. These I am statements of Jesus are metaphors that he uses. He says, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. And then the third one is I am the door. And then it goes on to, he goes on to say, I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I am the vine. And then at after he says this third one about the, the door, or actually right before it, he, he says something that is really kind of neat. It's in John 8, 58. He says, Very truly I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was, I am. Now that may not mean much to us, but it had an incredible impact on the people who were listening. They got very angry. They took up stones. They tried to stone him for blasphemy because what he was saying and what they heard was he was saying, I am God. Now, where does that I am come from? It comes from Moses. It comes from the Old Testament in Exodus 3, 14, when Moses is confronted with God and, and, and is given a mission to uh, set his people free from Egypt. And he says, and, and Moses says, who should I say is sending me? Like, what is your name? And God responds by saying, I am that I am, or I am who I am. And so people knew what Jesus was saying. And when he says, I am, we pay attention. Well, this one that we're looking at today is, I am the door. Now, look at how it starts out. He, said, he says, truly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. So recognize that not only do we have the metaphor of the door or the gate, but we have the metaphor of, of a shepherd and sheep. Uh, he says that all who go who came before me are, are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. Now what's going on with that? Is he talking about uh, prophets of old? No. He's, he's looking at this metaphor of the sheep and the shepherd and recognizing if you're not if you're not the shepherd, then you're probably wanting to, to rob and steal the sheep, which is not good. So they would not listen to anyone else but the sheep. And why would he be a door of the sheep? Well, in, in uh, uh, that time period and, and even today, they, they have these big corrals out of stone that um, uh, in the evening, flocks of, uh, and shepherds bring their flocks into these for safety. And it keeps the, the sheep settled down in, in one, one common area. And then there, there's not a, a gate or anything. There's an opening. And at night, the shepherds will sleep in that opening. And that keeps the sheep in there and keeps all the, uh, 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 any kind of uh, predator out. In the morning, all these shepherds have all these sheep that are all mixed together. What they do is they all they have to do is go 
get up and start calling for the sheep, and the sheep that know the voice of their shepherd will be the only ones who follow him. And then the next group will go out because they're following their shepherd, and so on and so forth. And so Jesus is talking about this, that their sheep know his voice and will follow him. And, you know, there, there are other times where Jesus looked out, he saw the crowd, and, and you remember what he, what he said? He said, I, and he felt, he saw them, and he saw them like sheep without a shepherd. So what? tells his disciples and followers to go and 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 clothe the the laborers to go into the field to prepare the the the, the, the harvest ready the combine to to share your faith and to lead people um, to God so he go he then goes on he says this again in, in verse one he says I am the door if anyone enters by me he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Folks, as we begin this day and as we begin this series, I want us to know that it's important for us to recognize that Jesus is the door. He is the way and the truth and the life. He is the one that we need to go through to truly understand and get to God. And now now we've all already seen how Jesus had actually said he is God. So you can look at this and think that, that he is the way and the only way to God through that door. Now, as we enter the door, as we, as we go through the door, Jesus says, that's how you are saved. And then you can go in and out to find pasture. And, and that be, means the kind of life that you'll live that he will, will enable you to, to live after you accepted him and have a place for heaven prepared for you. Now, Jesus came into the world. His, his main reason was to die. He died for our sins. He was the perfect sacrifice, and he died on the cross. And that's what it means to accept him as your Savior is to realize that he died on the he also rose from the dead to prepare a place for you and I. Now, as we begin this day and as, as we begin this, this series, I think it's important for us to, to remember that we need to accept him. We need to accept that life. And I, I'd like to just end this part of the service with a prayer that says, Lord, I accept you into my life. And if you want to join me in that prayer, you'll have an opportunity to do so by saying out loud or by yourself in a private way. But it's important that we recognize this. Folks, if you've already done this and you want to reaffirm this, uh, remember you're speaking to God. So let's go to God in prayer. Lord God, I thank you for you being the door, Jesus, and that we are able to, to walk through that, that door because of your willingness to, to allow us to do so. And, we rem and Lord, I ask that you be with our repentance as we are sorry for our sins and know that you died on the cross for us. I ask that you be with our understanding that we can clearly understand what you have done for us and what you are doing for us. And I ask that you be in our belief that we know that when we accept you, then, then Lord, we will be with you in heaven. So folks, if you are ready to say this prayer, 
through prayer and the Lord Jesus Christ on my side. And I'm sorry for my sins. And I know that you died on the cross for me. So I accept you as my Savior. And you rose again from the dead to prepare a place for me in heaven. So I accept you as my leader and my Lord. All that I am and all that I ever will be, I now turn over to you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, the people of God said, Amen. If this is the first time that you've prayed that prayer, I hope that you'll come and tell me so that we can uh, uh, begin that walk as Christ followers down the path. And I, I certainly be willing to, to help you if you want to pray.